Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine. Only on the BetQL Network. Welcome into the Tapped Out Recap here on the BetQL Network with my partners Jake Galley producing and my co-host Brendan Tobin. I am Sean Levine. UFC 272 is now in our rearview mirror. I think, Brendan, we saw why Colby Covington came in as a 3-1 to one favorite. He was incredibly dominant. Now, give Masvidal credit for sticking around in that fight. And there was maybe for a second you thought that he was going to knock out Colby. I mean, dude, Colby has a chin for starters. Like, if you think about the Usman shot that his jaw took, a chin, a jaw, whatever you want to call it, that shot from Masvidal late in the fight would have knocked out a lot of fighters. So credit to Masvidal for hanging around, but more credit to Colby for a dominating night. Yeah, for certain. I mean, like he uh, he proved a lot of the experts correct. It went uh, pretty much to a T how a lot of people thought. Uh, interestingly enough, like the way Masvidal got that knockdown is exactly how I thought he would knock him out. It just I do think it came a little bit too little too late. I think if he has that knockdown in the second round and he has a little bit more juice to him, he pounces on that. You know, he, he can he can take more of advantage of that. I think one of the big things that helped Colby is. He got knocked down. Yeah, you give him credit for the chin, but I think also Masvidal, because Colby exhausted him so much, I think that was the bigger reason is that his opponent really couldn't follow up on that. And uh, that's that's really what were the old. That was really one of the only parts of intrigue of the fight because uh, for the most part, it was uh, it was it was one sided, lopsided, and uh, pretty boring. Yeah, I agree with you, and the judges all agree with you. It was very, very dominating on the side of Colby Covington. It brings up the obvious question of what's next for both guys. So let's go ahead and start with the guy who lost the fight, Jorge Masvidal. I think that what we're seeing from Masvidal is perhaps – I don't want to disregard the guy. I don't want to discredit him because I think he's great. However, I also think that that might be a past tense thing. I know that he just got his new contract with the UFC – I was a little bit surprised to see the number of fights and the number of money. I mean, that means he's going to be around now for a while. I'm just I'm, what I'm saying is I'm not sure that he's the guy that took care of Till and Askren and had that year a couple of years ago more so than the guy that we saw on Saturday night. Uh, I don't think it's a f- unfair criticism. I mean, he has it one in three years, basically calendar wise. You know, like that's that's a tough thing. But I mean, you think about if we're going to talk about strength of schedule, you're taking on the two toughest guys in the division and both of them are pretty much stylistic nightmares. I think the one you would say is most concerning would be getting knocked out cold by Camaro in the, in their second fight, but you know, getting held up against the cage and then getting out wrestled. I mean, I don't think it speaks ill of him as a fighter. I think that those guys are really good. They're bad matchups for him. Um, you know, I think for him, the, the thing that's interesting about it, you know, I see a lot of people saying he's, you know, washed, he's done, but the thing that is interesting is, you know, you think about guys like Connor, you think about guys like Nate, um, they're two of the biggest pay-per-view stars in the game right now, and they don't win very much. So I, I do think that Jorge, 
I think once you got it, you got it. And for me, uh, I think that he's got it from as far as fans being intrigued by when he's going to be in a fight. And so I think the next thing is, hey, let's put him against a striker so he can do what he does best. He can make an entertaining fight and he's not basically neutralized. Um, but I, I don't think that, you know, I think his title aspirations are probably done, but I don't think him being a big time fighter is done. You mentioned Nate. Any chance they'd run back the BMF? Nate's an interesting wild card in all of this. I mean, you know, it feels like him and Dustin Poirier have been, you know, circling each other for a while. I don't know why that fight hasn't been made. That that seems like a lot of fun. It feels like they could uh, have a great buildup. Obviously, uh, Dana says that he he's put it known that he wants to do Nate and Connor. I think because he wants to get Connor a win. Um, I don't know if Hor- I would say Hori is probably the least out of it because you know we did see that fight. I think it, I don't think it could get bigger than what it was, other than Nate saying, "Oh, it was a controversial stoppage because of the cut," uh, and he thinks that Jorge was going to gas. I don't know. I'm not that into uh, to seeing uh, Jorge versus Nate. I think we kind of been there, done that at the biggest level. I think uh, I'd rather see Nate either with the trilogy of Connor or against Poirier. You mentioned Poirier's name there a couple of times. I just figured that since Colby won the fight in dominant fashion, took the mic, and he called out one name when the name was Poirier, that that was the next fight we were going to see. That's an interesting one, though. Like, you know, is uh, is Dustin into doing that fight? I think that, you know, he is, as much as people hate Colby, and I think that's the reason why he's a habitual line stepper, uh, if you're Dustin, I mean, do you want that fight? Like, do you want to be in a situation where you – are going to get ragdolled or you're going to get taken down or you're going to get neutralized. Uh, do you think you could have more success than a Jorge Masvidal does? You're not naturally bigger, I would say, than a Jorge. And, and you saw how he was handled. Maybe you like, uh, you know, Dustin's ground game a little bit more. You can stick, sink that guillotine in. But I don't know if I'm Dustin. I want that fight. First of all, I don't think Colby by himself is a very big draw. I think if I was Dustin, I'd much I'd much rather angle for either the Nate fight or maybe get yourself back into the game for a fourth fight with Conor McGregor. I just think from it's probably going to be the least interesting fight, the worst business wise. The only thing that he would really get out of it is if he's got aspirations for the welterweight title and uh, and thinks that he could get him a matchup with Kamaru Usman. A lot of good points. Brendan Tobin, Sean Levine, breaking down UFC 272. And we're going to look forward to what's coming up on Saturday night. I guess I'll push back just a little bit. I think that fight sells. I mean, I don't think that either one of those guys are necessarily like a top five, top ten pay-per-view draw. In the case of Colby, didn't get any pay-per-view money on Saturday night. But if you put them in the same octagon, right, if you put them in the same press conference, I feel like Dustin and Colby has intrigued beyond guys like you and me. Um, I, I mean, I don't think it does like, I don't think it tanks, but I just don't think it's a, I don't think it's a guarantee. Like, I think uh, one thing that's going to be interesting about this is how many people bought this fight and then say, man, I really want to see Colby fight again. Um, cause you know, this is one of the reasons he has the persona he does. I don't think that he is a very, uh, entertaining fighter unless he's fighting Usman and there's not going to be these, these takedowns from time to time. So I don't know. I, maybe people are going to be into that, but I feel like, it's uh, I think it's it's definitely I feel like benefits Colby more than it does Dustin. So that five round fight went the distance and might have been a little bit underwhelming based on what we thought. But before that, there was another five round fight on Saturday night. Holy crap. We got our money's worth for that one. Dos Anjos and Moicano. I guess I'll start here. Should that fight have been stopped? Oh, yeah. I mean, I thought that that was so unnecessary. What was going down. Poor Moicano. You know, everybody's sitting here and. 
they think that, you know, he's got, uh, he, he's, he's got this great chance. I think this is interesting. Now we've seen a couple of guys uh, in back-to-back cards who have taken the short notice fight between him and Bobby Green, and they've just got absolutely dealt with. You know, he showed uh, crazy guts because I think a lot of you wanted to see that fight come to an end, but he stuck it in there, so you give him a lot of credit. But uh, Dos Santos looked like an absolute monster. I think that, uh, you know, he probably thinks that that 160 was a, a real sweet spot for him because felt like he was uh, moving around with ease in that fight. But, you know, I, I think for, uh, for, for him, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good performance. I think he's looking good. He's starting to get back into the flow of things, looking a little bit like his old self again. Why was that a five-round fight? I mean, it wasn't the main event. It wasn't for a belt. It was a short notice, so they could have made it five to three. I mean, why was that a five? I know that sometimes Nate and those guys will ask for it and get it. Why was that a five-rounder? I think the I think the reasoning for it was this was supposed to be a main event fight a couple of weeks ago, and they just kept it as is. And I think probably the reason would be because of contract. A lot of guys get paid bigger if it is a five-round fight. Maybe RDA didn't want to lose that type of payday, but it certainly didn't need to be five rounds. No, I'm watching it with the boys on Saturday, and it's going deep in the fourth, and I'm like, wait, hold on. I guess this is a five-round fight. You're right. That is why, now that I think about it, but the original guy didn't fight. It wasn't Fazeev. It ended up being Moicano. So you'd think at that point they changed it from five. And it was a catchweight fight. It's just weird one, and all credit to Moicano, whose star rises in a loss, but I don't think we're going to see him until next year at the earliest. I mean, he, he was hamburger meat. Um. I think the star of the night ended up being Thug Nasty, Bryce Mitchell. And we said going in that if he played it right and played it right on the microphone in the octagon, that he could be a guy now on the rise. Took care of Edson Barbosa in absolutely dominant fashion. What's next for Thug Nasty? Man, I think that he uh, he has his, his, uh, his situation really, really in a good spot. I think that we were talking all during the show about how he needs to get the win against somebody who we all know, who we all respect. And I think that he was able to do that. He was able to have a great performance uh, against Edson Barbosa. Barbosa's had, a, you know, some of these troubles with grapplers and, you know, it was a grappling night. I mean, I think that was the big theme of things is that with these top three fights were all very, very lopsided and it all went to the guys who dominated in the wrestling and, and, you know, outside of the first couple of fights with, uh, with Holland and Spivak, you know, making quick work of their opponents, uh, this was a uh, this was a very grapple heavy night and a good night for uh, for people with the wrestling shoes. Do you think Bryce Mitchell can be the next? I'm not going to say Sean O'Malley. O'Malley's got the look and the talk and all that stuff, but he's a very likable guy. How much do you think his superstar grew based on what happened on Saturday? You know, it's interesting. I mean, like he, you know, you, that typically goes to I think the trash talkers. I mean, this guy's donating money to children afterwards. Right. I mean. Super beautiful. And it was cool that Dana White, I guess, uh, picked up the tab on that, basically saying, like, I don't want you to donate half your purse. You know, I'm going to give the money to the children in Arkansas. So I don't know how you can't love the guy after that. I mean, you know, he is uh, I think also is he is uh, he's a grappler. He's a submission artist. You know, typically the the Sean O'Malley's, the guys who get the viral knockouts also go towards that. But, um, you know, I I do think that star not he definitely proved himself to be something uh, pretty special. You like knockouts, Greg Hardy got knocked out again in round one. I think we all nailed that one. We were talking about he was going to lose. He was probably going to lose early. I think actually you had Spivak by submission, if I remember. So yeah. I sprinkled, for the record, I sprinkled a little bit on that just because my boy BT said so. And then I put more on by knockout, and that's what ended up paying off. I think that we've seen at this point, you're right about Greg Hardy. Not only has he hit a ceiling, but at this point, I think we're seeing the basement. Besides the name, I don't really think the draw is still there. He might just be done. 
Yeah, and I didn't even know. I didn't know it was the last fight on his contract either. So he did Dana. So that uh, that certainly speaks to you know he could be. I wouldn't even be surprised if a guy like Greg Hardy. I wouldn't even be surprised if he would bounce to somewhere like BKFC for sure. or or something like that. I mean, he may he may even get a a better payday than he has been getting in the UFC. I mean, honestly, he might be better off. You know, fighting guys who are a little less skilled. You know, he can only uh, throw his hands. I think maybe a place like Bare Knuckle could be perfect for him there. Holland took care of Oliveira on Saturday night. Let's take a look at what's coming up this Saturday. The co-main Marlon Marias takes on Song Yadong in a bantamweight matchup. Both a couple of guys with some highlight real finishes. I won my favorite bet of all time on Marlon Marias by submission. It was like 22 to 1. So I'm going to keep my eye out on that one. How do you see Marias Yadong going down on Saturday night? Yeah, it's a fun matchup. I mean, you have two uh, two really, really exciting strikers. Uh, I think that worry we could be in for a highlight real night between uh, between the two of them. You know, Marlon Marias has been a little bit on hard times ever since he was uh, kind of in that title contention where he was right there for the bantamweight title. Now it's uh, three straight losses for him, three straight knockout losses. Him. You think about the not the viral knockout loss to Corey Sanhagen and all that. So um, he's in a need of a bounce back in a bad, bad way with this one. So I think that's the more interesting thing going into this matchup. And then the main event coming up on fight night on Saturday, Tiago Santos back in the octagon, taking on Magomed Ankalaev in a light heavyweight matchup. Ankalaev is one of those guys, if you haven't seen him fight, you're going to want to watch this on Saturday night. Only one loss right now. He's a guy that it feels like if he can put together a little bit of a streak, maybe not too soon, but in the not too far future, we might be talking about a title fight. Yeah, I mean, this is the uh, this is one of the divisions of opportunity out there. I mean, they are looking for stars. This is looking for, you know, who who can be the next guy there. We know Yuri Prohoshka was able to go vault up pretty quick. John, uh, you know, Dominic Reyes in a weird way, too. You know, he lost after the close, close fight with uh, John Jones. But I, I really think this is one of those divisions where you're like one, two fights away doing something special and you could be right in the mix there. Uh, and Tiago Santos, you know, he, he, he's back on the men from, you know, that, that, that those gnarly injuries that he had against John Jones. He's uh he's one and two ever since a lot of people thought that maybe he got, should have gotten the nod against John uh, coming off a win against Johnny Walker. So it's a big one for him too. That's it for your tap down recap. Don't forget coming up on Saturday, Brendan and I will be back on the bet QL network from five to seven o'clock with tap down for Jake Galley and Brendan. I'm Sean Levine. We'll talk to you on Saturday night.